our coaching staff was special. They taught me how to make choices, how to take responsibility. They taught me that what they said didn't have to become who I was unless I chose. And, and that mind shift of taking responsibility really changed everything for me. They taught me how to be not just successful on the field, but how to connect those dots so I could be successful in life. Hey, and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I'm Jonathan Gellner, and thank you for listening today. Joining us, we have Stephen Mackey, founder and CEO of Two Words Character Development Program. On the show, we dig into how to develop our players, not just for baseball, but for life. And just as a warning, if you haven't ever had the chance to listen to Mackey speak, and you're listening to this in the evening, turn it off now because you're not going to be able to sleep for the next four to six hours. Mackey brings an infectious energy, and his entire life was changed by a coach. So here we go with Stephen Mackey. Mackey, thank you for joining us on Ahead of the Curve. Yeah, man, excited to be here. Appreciate what you do and, and the way you're helping make the game better. I love it. And, and I was telling you earlier, I'm not a very good host because apparently we're here for five minutes and we're sitting in a principal's office. <laughs> but you know what? It, it's, uh, it's not the first time that I've been in the principal's office, but uh, is this your first in-person Ahead of the Curve interview? It is, and I'm so excited about it. Setting records. I love it. <laughs> well, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, man. So, uh, so you know, I have the great privilege of working with high schools across the state of Texas and across the U.S., really kind of doing one simple thing. I, I graduated from Texas A&M, so I got to keep it stupid simple uh, so I, I can't get too complicated. And, and what, we, what we do, what I get to do every day is I get to help athletes and coaches connect the dots between sports and life. And found myself here in this place after really about seven years of volunteering at, with my local football team in the community, four years in Blanco, Texas, a small hill country town, and about three years in Kaufman, Texas, just right on the front porch of East Texas. And for a long time, it was really just an extension of my ministry, I professionally trained as a pastor, and it was just a way for me to give back and to serve because I had been in a lot of the places that athletes were today. I had the great privilege of playing two years of college football, a year at Air Force Prep, and a year at University of Houston, and and just being around coaches and being around athletes and spending time with students, I uh, was able to see the connection between sports and life. And so for, for me, it just became this natural evolution of my career as a communicator, as a pastor, and then, and then ultimately as one looking out saying, how can I make the biggest impact in the world? This became a very, a very clear place for me to do so. Grew up in Texas and all that comes with high school football. And so found, found myself being drawn to this lifestyle and, and the influence that coaches have. And so it was, it was really just a natural evolution of my life and my skill sets. And then the need that, that was present uh, in sports across, across the spectrum, from girls' soccer to baseball to football, there was a very clear need for folks working in character development, working in player development. And so when all of those things kind of converged uh, around January of 2017, that was, that was kind of my sign to say this was, this was a moment for me. So you put all that together and, and we end up where we are today in the principal's office <laughs> recording, uh, recording this episode. Oh, that's great. And, and we got the opportunity to connect at the ABCA in Indy, in Indy this year. And and I loved it, and it was awesome. And tell us about how your experience as a middle school kid mm-hmm. when you 
quit football and how that really shaped where you, again, where you are today. Yeah, you bet, man. So, you know, I was born to a teenage mother. My mom's 16 years old when she had me blonde hair, blue eyes. My father was an older black man, and we lived in a small Texas town where racism was far from gone. And, and just the statistics of being born into that situation said that I'd be less likely to graduate from high school or go to college, less likely or more likely to be arrested by my 18th birthday, father a child out of wedlock, and live a life of poverty. So there were all these things that were working against me uh, just from a statistic standpoint, from a life standpoint. And yet going into seventh grade, I just saw football as being my golden ticket, that it was going to be the way that I was going to be really reach all my goals, which at that moment really consisted of Diana Davis and Lisa Grisky <laughs> knowing that I existed, right? Like that was kind of the, the, the top end uh, of my goals. But as I went through that process, I hit the first day of practice, biggest kid on the school, uh, on the team, and, and set out. And man, it was a great day, man. I was look good, play good, click clack, will you protect this house? Like, I was ready to roll, man, and was, was smashing people, and the day was going great. My plan was working flawlessly until at the end of practice, coach said four words that, uh, that really wrecked my spirit, man. He said, get on the line. Mm. He said it was time to run sprints. And, and I know, yeah, I see the look on your face, man. I know that you've said that to your boys more than once, and, and every coach listening right, has, has said yeah. that more than once. He's, he's a yep. dream. They're dream runners, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and when my coach said that, you know, I was like, oh, time out, man. I, I'm the biggest kid in school, but... But I wasn't, uh, let's say I wasn't uh, a very svelte, right? I was uh, what the department stores called husky. My favorite <laughs> food was a Twinkie. Uh, and so going into uh, this idea of running sprints, man, that wasn't what I signed up for. You know what I mean? And so uh, as I had this moment, right, coach said, well, you can choose. And in that moment, I learned what discipline was, right? That you would do what you don't want to do today so that you can get what you want tomorrow. And I learned about discipline in that moment, not because I demonstrated it, but because I didn't. And when my coach said, you can get on the line and you can run sprints or you can quit, I chose to quit on the very first day, staring my golden ticket in its face. And that next year was really the worst year of my life. Right, middle school is bad for everybody, right. uh, but it was it was exceptionally bad for me. And my flat top Afro gap tooth didn't help. Right, I looked like Will Smith, circa Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and, and and it didn't it didn't help. But you know, I had a lot going against me. You know what I mean? Right. And so I say that to say that over that year, I, I just found myself on the outside, mm -hmm. being a, being an outsider. Um, that there were the ins and the haves and the have nots, and I was a have not. There were there were the cool kids and there were the not cool kids, and that was me. And it was right. just a tough year. Had no focus, had no purpose. It was just a hard, hard year. And at the end of that year, my coach called me out, uh, called me past my excuse, said, why didn't you play football? And, and I, I gave him the story. Well, you know, Coach Mabula, Oblongata, my, you know, my L7 site, you know, all that. He said, no, 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 don't give me the excuses. He said, why don't you play? And he forced me to face the truth. And in so doing, he did something that really was the linchpin, that he didn't just call me out, but he gave me a second chance. And he didn't just give me a second chance. He then began to invest in me. He began to show me how to think and how to live and how to act. He began to, to pour into me in ways that, that didn't make a whole, whole lot of sense. He had no reason to, and yet he did. He went above and beyond. And over the years, I went every level in every sport, football and track and wrestling, every coach along the way would go out of their way to invest in me. And, and I, I, you know, of course, I want to believe that I was special, but the reality was that our coaching staff uh, was just was special and mm -hmm. that they they did that for every kid who was willing. And in so doing, they taught me how to make choices, how to take responsibility. They taught me that what they said 
didn't have to become who I was unless I chose. And, and that mind shift of taking responsibility uh, really changed everything for me. And so I learned, they taught me how to be not just successful on the field, but how to connect those dots so I could be successful in life. And so when that happened, uh, as a result of it, not a single thing that kind of they said should be true of me came true. Uh, was the first in my family to graduate from college, uh, went on to get a master's degree. Uh, I've never seen the backseat of a police car, but literally get to travel coast to coast, helping athletes and coaches connect the dots between sports and life. Uh, said that I would father a child out of wedlock, and yet the only woman I've ever slept with is my wife. We have three beautiful children, Harrison, who's on his red shirt kindergarten year, um, Jane, uh, who's three, and the word I would use to describe her is fierce. fierce. Uh, she's a fierce snuggler. She's uh, uh, fierce with her emotions. She's a fierce biter, a fierce kicker. Uh, she is she is fierce across the board, and I love every bit of it. Does she uh, get that from you? It, she does. She does. <laughs> and uh, and then our youngest son, Porter, is three months old. And they said that I live a life of poverty. But my family will never know spiritual or emotional or financial poverty. That my wife, I'm on the road over 200 days a year, uh, in 2017 gave 282 speeches. And there will not be a day one that she questions whether or not I'm faithful to her. Awesome. Uh, my sons will never have to ask Google uh, what it means to be a man, and my daughter will never have to ask some smelly, pimple-faced high school boy what, it, what love is, uh, because mm-hmm. they'll learn from me. And so I say all that to say that what started out really rocky, uh, what started out as a, as a fat kid in seventh grade not running to run sprints, turned into the story of second chances um, and the power of what happens when a coach goes above and beyond to do more than just coach how to be successful on the field but how to be successful in life. And so I would say that that in in a lot of ways is why I do what I do today. So I planted my flag in the high school locker room because my life was changed by my high school coaches. And I want to help coaches today do that for their athletes. Well, before we get into, you know, the two words and and the two words curriculum, I want to say that the reason that I ask you to tell that again, not, not just for our audience, but just for me as a constant reminder of why we do what we do. Yeah. And why second chances are that vital, because at the end of the day, no matter how bad a kid is, he's still a kid. Yeah. And so I, I love hearing your story. And, and I told my wife as soon as soon as we got done at the ABC, listen to you speak. I was like, man, this guy, I, I'm so excited to, to hear him come here. And and but he but you are the example of what we're trying to do. So I, I love that. And that's, that's again why, why I wanted you to share with that. Well, thank you, man. I, I really, really appreciate that. And uh, and, you know, there's just such power in giving a kid what they don't deserve. Sure. And, and certainly there comes, right, don't get me wrong, I had to, I had to earn a lot, right? And, and, and I think that was, the, that was the difference for me, that, that they gave me a second chance, but then they taught me what to do with the second chance. And then I had to take the action to do what they taught me. So it was, it was, a, it was a both-way thing. But sometimes coaches will give second chances, but they don't teach a kid what to do with that second chance. Mm-hmm. And so what happens? Oh, the same thing that happened the first time. Why? Because that's all that they know. They don't know any different. Uh, and so when we teach our, when we give our kids a second chance, it's important to teach them what to do with it. Definitely. Well, talk to us about two words. And I want to know, what, so what are the two words for this week that your subscribers are, are digging into probably as we speak? Yeah, you bet, man. So two words is a 36-week video-based character development curriculum. It's a gender sport neutral thing that we've put together that every week, has a seven-minute video lesson uh, that is professionally filmed, uh, has the real vibe of a YouTube video, 
because we write for athletes. And so we write with that high school, junior high athlete in mind, knowing that they're going to process things in mediums differently. So it's a seven-minute video every week. And each week, you know, there is a, the character trait of the week that's defined and described by two words. And so each year we will create 36 new lessons. So it's never a rinse and repeat thing. And each week comes with uh, a downloadable workbook that has lessons for coaches, captains, athletes, and parents. And so what that looks like very practically is you know, we give coaches three things to look for in the practice that they've already scheduled that'll reinforce the trade of the week. So we don't ask coaches to, to carve out classroom time. We don't ask coaches to redo their schedule. Like they're the experts at, at coaching. So all we do is say, hey, if you see this, when you do, call it out, and that'll reinforce the trade of the week for your captains, and you can use it for your whole team or just for your captain's council. But that section gives a very tangible sense of this is what it means to be a leader, specifically an others-centered leader or servant leader, to say, in light of the trade of the week, here's how you can go and lead. Mm -hmm. Because isn't it so true that often we tell our athletes, you're a leader, you're a leader, you have influence unlike anyone else. People are watching you. And then we stop. We don't tell them how to be a leader. We don't show them how to be a leader. That's what this section does every week in light of the character trait. Uh, there's a section for your athletes, and that helps them contextualize the, the, the trait of the week to their own goals. And then we invite mom and dad to the process. So that goes from locker room to living room. And mom and dad get their own unique user login that they get to watch the videos at home. Your, stu- your athletes can watch it again at the house. And then there's a one-pager for mom and dad that gives an overview of the trade of the week. And along with what we call the best five, just five questions over five minutes that you can talk about at home that will facilitate conversation uh, between you and between the parent and the athlete in light of the trade of the week. Hmm. And so every week there's a different two words. Um, you know, depending on what school you're at, it depends on uh, where you're at. It's not something that goes in, in a sequence in that you've got to start at one and then you finish at 36. You can go in any order that you want. They mix and they match. There's certain themes, a certain ethos that will always be carried over, personal responsibility, other-centered leadership, personal code, personal responsibility, work ethic. It'll always be a goals, very practical, tactical type thing. Uh, but every, every week is a little bit different. I think that if my math is correct, if you started in August and you were working through the 36, you'd probably be somewhere you know, around week... 19, 20, 22, somewhere in there, uh, which I think, if I'm correct, is then what? Okay. And the idea of then what is to say that what happens when you're the best player on the field? What happens when you're the best baseball player to ever play the game? I mean, the greatest to ever put on a pair of cleats, and you have a career that lasts longer than any other baseball player's careers ever lasted, and you make it all the way to 42. And your identity is wrapped up in how great you are as a player. Your, your decisions are made based on how great you are as a player. People treat, but you get to the end of the day, then what? Mm. Because what's going to happen is even if you're the best ever, eventually someone's going to be better than you. Sure. Eventually you won't be good enough to keep playing the game. And then what? Then what happens? And so we talk about source of identity. We talk about, are you more about who you are or what you do? Because if you're all about what you do, well, what happens when what you do gets taken away? My senior year of high school going in, you know, I was, uh, pre- I was number three or four in the state in wrestling, was projected to have a great football season, a great track season. Uh, you know, it was going to be a three-sport letter at a, at a 5A school, which at the time was the biggest in Texas, and biggest classification in mm-hmm. Texas, and, and was set up to have this incredible year 
And then on the very first rep of the first play, I got a call that morning from a coach that I can't wait for you to come play football for us. And then that that day, uh, I tear my ACL. And like that, it was taken away. And I had to wrestle with the question, well, then what? Am I just a football player? Am I just an athlete? Or is there something else to me? And that day, whether it's as a knee surgery, whether it's a phone call from a doctor, whether it's a phone call from the police because something has happened in your family, then what? Someday that's going to happen. And then what? And so in this week, we talked through how to prepare for a then what, both internally, externally, how that connects on the field, how it connects in life. Um, and so, you know, we're diving into to stuff that, that has some pretty significant weight to it, right. but we're doing it in seven minute chunks. We're doing it five questions at a time. We're doing it in a way that says, if you see it here on the field, then when you see it in life, just remember, oh, it happened here. And this is what I did. There's a seed planted. And then when it happens in life, you'll be ready for it. Well, that's awesome. And, and I love the curriculum. I love the, the simplicity of the two words. Mm-hmm. And so let me ask you this. Say we bought this tomorrow. Yep. And we're trying to dig in on what's the best way to do this. So what's the best way that you've seen other schools implement this? Sure. And, and just kind of take us through the process. So if we get it, or if our listeners get it, a way that they could implement it and make it really good from day one. You know, the thing that we set out from the very beginning is we told you, I told you we wrote it for athletes, mm-hmm. but we designed it for coaches. Okay. And we understand that really, if you ask what, what, do, what do we put together? What do we quote unquote sell? What we sell is time for the coach because the coach wants to invest beyond the scoreboard, but there's so many things that are buying for his time or her time that, you know what, like honestly, what happens is character stuff says, you know what, I'm going to teach this by the way that I live. Or I'm going to ask an assistant to find a YouTube video, whatever the case may be. And that's better than nothing. Don't get me wrong. But we've designed this such that if you did nothing but give us 12 minutes a week, 12 minutes a week, then you hit play on a seven-minute video and you say the quote of the day every day, then that, that'll take you 12 minutes. Hmm. And I find it hard to believe that there's a coach in Texas or across the country that doesn't have 12 minutes to prepare and to invest for the, in their kids beyond the game. 12 minutes. All you do is hit play. And if you do that, then, then you've got more than most people. But if you go beyond, uh, you can literally put this into play however best fits your kids. And what we say is that we create so that you can contextualize. Mm. And that ultimately is what we leave to you. But I will tell you that a lot of our baseball programs, Georgetown High School down north of Austin, Flower Mound here in the Dallas area, you know, Little Elm, Uh, several different baseball programs, the way that they use it, they've been utilizing Google Classroom. Mm, And so they'll take take the videos, they'll put the videos in Google Classroom, they'll put the questions inside of Google Classroom, and then they will send that out and they'll say, hey, you've got X number of days to send me uh, a screenshot of your answers. I don't care how you answer it, but I want you to answer the five questions on the athlete section. Other programs, uh, you know, we're, we're in Hamlin, Texas. Population 625, wow. <laughs> not, not, not in the school, now the mm. town, oh, the, entire <laughs> the town. town. Wow. And, uh, and you know what they'll do is at the beginning of the week on Mondays, they play the video. And then each day of the week, they'll ask one, one of the questions from the athletes page. And they'll say, hey, you guys got these questions on Monday. Now we're going to ask one question a day and we want three guys to answer it while we're doing our warmups. Hmm. Right. And so now it becomes a conversation, an intentional conversation while you're warming up. Right. We're not asking for new time. We're just repurposing the time that you already have. Um, other programs, 
will print the paper out, send it home. Other programs have what they call leadership journals. And this can be as fancy or as simple as you want. You can say, you know what, guys, uh, North Forney High School. They say, hey, I want you guys, you need to bring a journal. And it can be, you know, one of the composition journals. It can be a spiral journal and whatever you want. You bring your notebook and we're going to leave it here where they've got literally uh, just crates uh, sitting at the edge where they do their warm-ups and things. They leave them right there. And every day they come in and when they check in, they grab their journal and they sit down and they talk about the questions. They watch the video. They have a coach that is building off of the theme of the week. There's a thousand different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. And we did that intentionally because I didn't want to tell you how to do your program. You know how to do your program. Why? Because it's yours. So what I wanted to do is, or what we wanted to do at Two Words, is we wanted to amplify your ability to serve and coach your kids by taking away the obstacle of creating an intentional game plan. Right. And what you're doing is you're taking away the excuses of, I don't have time, or I don't know what to do. That's right. Or I don't know how to do it. That's right. Hit play. Just 12 hit. minutes a week. Read a quote. Done. Well, and, and to further your warm-ups, I, I wrote this down too. To further your warm-ups discussion, that's where I get to know all the kids. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if, if other coaches do this, but during warm-ups, every single time I'm out there, I try and go through the line, try and give them nucks, try and touch them somehow, just right. either a pat on the back or somewhere. And usually I'm like, so what's the best vacation you've ever been on? Sure. Or what, what do your parents do? Just so I can get to know them a little bit better. So I love that. And I love the idea of just being able to talk about stuff that matters away from the game. Right. Because you, as you're walking through, you know, let's say that week you watch Sacrifice Required, right? The theme of that video says there's a lot of things in life that are optional if you want to be successful in life, right? Talent is optional coming from the right family, the right school, the right facilities, right? A lot of too small people in the NFL, a lot of too short people in the NBA. A lot of things are optional, right? Mm -hmm. Genetics, optional. But the one thing that isn't optional, one thing that is required is sacrifice. Sacrifice required, right? So now all of a sudden you have this teaching mnemonic, right? You can walk through, guys are about to run W's, right? Sacrifice required, man. Sacrifice required. Now that brings in everything that you've talked about and those two words, the theme of the week. And you can choose, you know what, this week, like we're going to have to sacrifice some things. You know what? We had some guys make some boneheaded decisions this weekend, right? Hit a natty light Friday night, did some stuff uh, on Saturday night that they shouldn't have been doing, right? Listen, man, like the future you, the future of our program is dependent on us making the right choices right now, right? Your future you is dependent on your present you. And our present you need to make some sacrifices if we want to be who we say we want to be in the future. Now we've got all these connections and now you start contextualizing Mm -hmm. because for the coach that has kids smoking dope behind the dugout on the weekends with that problem, there's another coach whose kids feel like they're entitled, right? Whose parents have given them a great start line in life and they don't recognize just how important their start line is, how valuable it is, or they think that their start line has been given so that they can make a greater advantage for themselves. And they've missed the fact that the purpose of influence is to help those that have none. And so now all of a sudden, all these things, we can start contextualizing in based on those two words. You're walking down the line. Hey, man, what do you, you got to sacrifice? <laughs> Coach told me one time, he said, we asked that question. He said, you know, the question was, hey, what are some things you need to sacrifice today to reach your goals tomorrow? And one kid said, Coach, I need to sell my vape. <laughs> he said, my vape, it ain't helping me, Coach. And then, and then another kid, the same school, same kids, goes, Coach, I, I need to get some new friends. Because <laughs> my friends, they... I need to sacrifice my friends because they're not helping right now. All of a sudden, like now, how many times as a coach have you said you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with every day? If you said it once, you said it a thousand times, 
right? But now all of a sudden there's a different voice. All of a sudden there's a different perspective that is reinforcing the very things that you already say. Mm-hmm. And you know what happens when that does? Number one, they, they, they believe it. But then number two, it makes you look like you're the man. Yeah, hey, some street man, cred. That, that's right. You're like, I've been, I've been saying this for a minute, right. you know? And so it's, it's one of those things that over and over and over again, we want to amplify the coach's impact in the lives of their athletes. That's awesome. And, and you're actually here to speak with our kids tonight. Yes. So this is opening night for baseball. And, and we were trying to, to accomplish what you were talking about, which is having a different voice and them getting to hear what we're trying to say from somebody else. And so talk with our listeners about what, give us a preview of what we're going to be going through tonight and, and what, yeah. what it looks like whenever you come and, and talk. Yeah, it's such, such a privilege and it is so much fun to be able to do what I do in that, like I said, in 2017, uh, I did this 282 times, getting to bounce around locker room to locker room, school to school, hanging out with that. Like, that's unbelievable. The fact that I get to do this, I'm right. so privileged. Uh, and so, you know, tonight we're going to set out really a big vision of what could happen for this season, not just on the field, uh, but through the field, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. that what can happen in their lives through the game of baseball. We're going to talk a lot about opportunity. Uh, we're going to talk about how access to the right opportunities doesn't mean jack squat if you don't take the right action. True. And so there's going to be this sense of calling out and challenging, uh, a sense of step up, not out of not out of step up because you are somehow inferior or because you've somehow not done what is right, but to say that we want to challenge you to step up and step into the fullness of who you could be, to step up into a grander vision for your program than maybe you have for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so there'll, there'll be a little bit of that. And then we're going to get down into, into the nitty gritty. And we're just going to talk about something that I've seen happen over and over again on the baseball diamond which is kids be paralyzed by their fear of making a mistake. And so we're going to spend some time talking through about how to make your next mistake your best mistake and how to remove the uh, almost that analysis paralysis of fear um, and how to learn to embrace the mistake so, and then to take ownership of it so that uh, that mistake will make you better. You make it once and it makes you better instead of making it a thousand times and making you worse. Um, so we're going to spend some time jamming through that because my, my bet is that there's going to be more than one stumble. There's going to be, especially in a community that has high expectations, not only on the program, uh, but also from parents to, to students, mm-hmm. that there's going to be high expectations. And, and sometimes that can just flat out paralyze a kid. Right. Uh, and we're going to talk about how we can remove the stigma of the fear of failure and, and then put that in its right place. So that it brings, uh, that it can be a tool instead of a, a, a hindrance. Right. And for the listeners out there, the, our population, we are, we're very affluent. And as we were talking earlier, Mackie and I, we were talking about how that comes with its own set of problems. And so a lot of the kids that we have have never failed before. Like they, they come from great homes, two family homes. They've never had many problems to deal with in their entire life. And so I love you talking about, cause it does, it, when you've never failed before, it does put that fear in you that I, I, I may do that now. Like I yeah. may do that in this big situation and this, this, I've never done that before, Coach Gallon. I've never failed before. And so I love that you're talking about, I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. <laughs> I, I know you've got your northern black pine. Oh, your black spruce. That's it, man. Got the oil. We're ready to roll, man. But I'm, uh, but I'm so excited. I'm, yeah, I'm, it's going to, it's going to be a great night. And, uh, and man, I just, I just think that, uh, it's such a great thing that, that they have in you and Coach Cox 
and, and the other coaches on staff and the way that y'all invest in them mentally, emotionally, you invest in the, in the foundation of the personhood. Uh, and, and, and I might say that that is really where I live. Mm-hmm. You know, in the baseball world, what we, get, what we do gets uh, lumped in under mental skills. And, and certainly it fits there, but not in the sports psych way. Uh, whereas not in the sixth tool way, uh, where you could look at mental school skills as the sixth tool. You got, you know, the running and the hitting and the throwing and the, all that. Your five tool and then your mental skills is the sixth. What I would say that, that we do at two words and really where I live is that we help lay the foundation upon which your six tools are built. Mm. Because I don't think that it does anybody any good to be an 80 grade player, right? If there was such a thing to be an 80-grade player, but have a 20-grade character because their character won't be able to hold the weight of their talent. Right. And then what happens? Well, the same thing that happens on every ESPN 30 for 30, right? That you see somebody with a once-in-a-generation talent, but had crap character, and they forfeit it all because they didn't know how to handle it because they didn't have the foundation. And, and you know, in, in Aggieland, we love to talk about Johnny Manziel. Yeah. We love to talk about the house that Johnny built. And, and so many things, and so many things got passed over for him because he could win the Heisman, because he could build Kyle Field, because he was going to get drafted, this, that, and the other. And he had an incredible talent, but from the outside looking in, based on his choices and the consequences that he's faced, he didn't have the character to hold his talent. And it's not a football thing, right? That's a human thing. And we can look in every sport, in every industry, in every corner of the globe, and we're going to find people that have more talent than character. And we have person after person, coach after coach, system after system that builds tools, but very few that build character. We get bench press reps. We get squat reps. We get pitching reps, hitting reps. We got to get character reps. Other, if we expect our character to be strong enough to hold up the weight of our talent. And I would say that is where I live. And, and sometimes that looks like some mental skill stuff. Right, we'll talk about the five P's. Prior preparation permits proper performance. <laughs> yeah, come on, say that. Two, hear that on two X, right? Come on. Man. And and so we'll talk about skill set things. We'll talk about the very practical things that look like mental skills, but they are a piece of that foundation of personhood, and that's really where where we live. I love it, and Mackie, it's it's fantastic. But I want to pick your brain a little bit. So come let's on. let's hear what uh, let's hear what Mackie has to say about himself. So what's the latest thing learned that you're really excited about? Man, I am, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I take a lot of stuff in, mm-hmm. right? I'm a two extra bus guy on podcasts and, uh, and, and, and people's laughs. Your laugh sounds great at two X, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but you know, I would say that an idea that I am, that I've been just processing and, and really thinking through is this sense that when you genuinely care about people, you don't have to be popular to make an impact. Mm, that when you genuinely care about the person across from you, your people on your team, doesn't matter whether you get featured on the stage at ABCA, whether you're a great follow on Twitter, whether you get asked to speak at conferences or invited on a podcast. When you genuinely care about the students on your team, the athletes on your team, you know what? You don't have to be popular to make an impact. How many thousands and thousands of coaches have changed the lives of hundreds and hundreds of players, and no one will ever know their name. Mm. I'm gonna tell you right now, their impact is not any less valuable than someone who steps on stage at ABCA, right? 
And, and it, it was really easy over the last year to get caught up in the popularity drive. It's easy to get caught up in, I want people to follow, or I want to be on this show or that show. It's really easy to get caught up in being popular. But it was just this sense that, man, I don't have to be popular to make an impact if I genuinely care about the people that I'm, I'm, I'm interacting with. So we, we've been thinking about that a lot and wanting to use that to keep us grounded and to make sure that we remember where we planted our flag in the high school locker room, who we're serving, and why we're serving them. Oh, that's so good. Uh, my next question, what are some of your favorite resources? And I know you're a huge Tim Ferriss guy. We both uh, yep, are. We, yeah, are yep. we are like-minded in that. So give us, some, uh, give us some stuff to dig into this weekend. Yep. You want to dig into some new podcasts? I'm, I'm all about podcasts. Obviously, Tim Ferriss is great. I uh, highly recommend The Unbeatable Mind with Commander Mark Devine. Uh, Navy SEAL guy and just does a phenomenal job. I listen to on a regular basis. Um, in addition to those guys, you know, I, I like my my Texas high school football, and it's it's tough to get past that. So Dave Campbell puts a, a, a Texas high school football podcast out, uh, and you know, I, I listen to that because I just I just enjoy keeping up with what's happening in uh, in Texas high school football. Um, you know, a, a selfless selfish. I don't know, shameless plug sure. uh, for, for our podcast, Coach 360, uh, and one that we interview coaches from kind of all different walks about some of the best things that they're doing um, and, and really enjoy and really enjoy doing that. Uh, but man, the thing about podcasting, I think it's just the, it is the most underutilized uh, resource that is out there today. Good, yeah. uh, of course, the ABCA calls from the clubhouse. Uh, Coach Sheets does a phenomenal job in that. Joe Ferraro on the 1% Better podcast. Both of those guys are world-class interviewers. And I'm telling you, you want to get in with those guys yeah. before, before the rest of the world catches up with what's happening to them because be, they're going to be hard to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are, they are first-class dudes in either one of them. If you tweet them, DM them, email them, you know what? You're going to get a response back from them probably within the hour, sure. uh, but certainly within 24. And they're just they're first-class dudes. So definitely, I would put those two guys on the up-and-coming uh, radar Commander Divine, Tim Ferriss, some guys that are a little bit more established, um, and then uh, and then of course that shameless plug for what we do at Coach Three Hundred and Sixty, and then uh, and then and then I do a podcast called the Plus One Podcast, and I, I do that. That's that's kind of a little bit more uh, one part audio audio journal, one part uh, leadership diaries, just on a really personal level. And so so if you're interested for whatever reason and knowing the inner thoughts of of Mackie, then you can find that at the Plus One. Well, and you're a uh, Pastor Craig Groeschel, uh, yes. big fan of his, uh-huh. right? Yeah, he, yeah, he's he does a, great, a great one. He has a great, great leadership. Yeah, if we get into to some of the spiritual stuff, uh, the guy I consider to be my pastor guy's name, a guy named Luke Norsworthy, um, and he's at Westover Church of Christ in uh, in Austin, and, and he does a really great job. And what I value about his preaching is it is a really, really great job of being like one part intellectual, one part pastor. And one part bleacher report. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's yeah. just, he's the guy's guy, but is, is very, uh, he just, you can tell how well prepared he is. And, and sometimes that, that's not always the case. Um, uh, but gosh, man, he is just so well prepared that it challenges the way you think and what you think. Um, and, you know, I, I can remember back to sermons from 2014 that, you know, things that he said. Um, that just sparked new ways of thinking. And then to that, to that extent, um, I think that one of the most powerful and practical and, and just really just unique gifted teachers of our time on the spiritual level 
and, and really, you know what, honestly, man, even if you're not a Jesus guy, some of the things that Rick Warren and the way that he teaches and, and the way that he forms ideas, that even if you aren't a Jesus guy, you can get a whole lot out of. And I would say that he might be, in my opinion, the most gifted teacher of how to grow in life that, that I've, I've ever come across. Now, certainly he, he'll have a strong Jesus bent, but you, know, you don't have to be a Jesus guy to get quite a bit out of what he says. You know, one of my favorite phrases by, by Rick is, you don't, those with tact have less to retract. Hmm. And the power of understanding what you say matters. And that when you speak uh, and you have tact, you're not going to have to worry about taking words back, which you can never do. As a coach, as a father, um, as a friend, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yep. Those with tact have less to retract. And that's valuable no matter what you think about spiritual sure. matters. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so so I, w- I would throw some of those out there. And so my goal this year, and this is not off topic at all, I promise I'll get to where, get to where we're going. But my goal this year was one, to just enjoy every day. Because I feel like like I'm always on 2x speed and I'm always trying to learn the next best thing and, and all this different stuff, but to just enjoy every day and to have a conversation every day that makes me think. Yeah. And so that's, I'm trying to simplify everything and not make it simpler, but just to simplify, uh, okay, I'm, I think I'm on the right track. I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, but I need to just enjoy it and yeah. to enjoy the process that's because it. I'm only 29 one time that's in my it. life. That's and it. So, uh, all of those podcasts, awesome podcasts. I'm I'm not familiar with Luke, but I'm familiar with the rest of them, and they're they're all that conversation. You're gonna ha- you're gonna listen to them, and you're gonna you're gonna think. That's so it. that's I love that. So switching directions a little bit, what would you tell your just out of college self? Because I know myself, <laughs> man, I I would have a heart to heart, good sit down conversation. I need to tell you what we need to learn. But what would you tell your just out of college self? Man, whew, so many things to <laughs> Where say. Do we start? So yes, yeah, so how much time you got, man? <laughs> I don't know if we got enough battery for that. You know, I think that I would look back in college and just out of college, and I would say the same thing, which is don't wait. Don't wait until you're qualified. Don't wait until you've put enough out. Like just get after it. Treat and act and live where you are the way that you think you would if you were where you wanted to go. And bring that level of excellence, that level of commitment. Don't sit around and say, well, when I'm in charge, I'll do it this way. When I'm in charge, I'll bring this level of excellence. But since I'm not, I'm just going to sit back and wait for my turn. No, 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 no. If you think that one day you have what it takes to be in the driver's seat, then bring the same energy to be in the assistant that you would to be in the head guy. And then value and push forward the head guy stuff with the same intensity that you would push forward your stuff. Because if you don't do it for someone else, someone else isn't going to do it for you. If you don't do it today, why are you going to do it when you get there? Uh, the old idea that you, get, you do the work and then you get the promotion. You learn the skill sets and then you get promoted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that so many coming out of college, and certainly myself too, had it backwards. Right. And I thought, well, I'll get the promotion and then I'll put it in. Right. No, no, no. Uh, do it now. Jump in now. Uh, and, and I just think about, how many things I missed on or how much further ahead I could be had I not waited, had I not wasted time, uh, had I not said, well, I've just got to get through this quote unquote prerequisite season mm-hmm. and then I could, no, no, no. There's no prerequisite to, to make an impact, no prerequisite to life. Like you're in it, you're right. doing it. So dive in and don't wait. Oh, that's awesome. So you've been on 200 and what was it? 288 talk this year? 
2017 was 282. How many high schools do you know off the top of your head? Oh, man, I, I really don't. You know, the bulk of them, you know, some of those, some of those were, uh, you know, different events. You mm-hmm. know, like I did the National Insulation Association. So we you could know, say re- thousands of coaches yeah, that you've I, been around, yeah, around yeah, yeah. especially ABCA. We oh, yeah, 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 no doubt. All right. So if you could open up their minds and tell them one thing, what would that be? It matters. It matters. Whatever it is, it matters. It matters the way that you speak. It matters the way that you treat them. It matters how early you get there, how late you stay. It matters the details. It matters the tone. It matters the words. You know, it matters what happens on the field. It, ma- it matters what happens off the field. Like what you do matters so much, right? Billy Graham said that, that you'll, a coach will impact more people in a year than most people will impact in a lifetime. That as a coach, you don't just wear the hat of the signal caller or the lineup builder. But you also wear the hat of the pseudo father and the brother and the uncle of the spiritual leader of the counselor, the crisis guy, the relationship counselor. Like you wear so many different hats as a coach that what you do matters. And it's a heavy burden, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it is an unfair amount that gets put on your shoulders, but that's what it means to be a coach. And so I would say to the coach that, that what you do matters much, much more than you could dare articulate. And that, that there will be a day, if you do it right, that a kid will come to you or at least will say, and you may never hear it, there will be a day that a kid will say, I am who I am because of you. And that day, whether you hear it or whether you don't, that is why you coach. And that's why it matters. Because what you do is so vital to who these young men become and ultimately how they lead their families, ultimately how they treat their wives how they raise their kids, and generations will follow. That's a heavy burden. And so I would just say to you as a coach, it matters. And I think we, we I, don't, I don't have kids yet, but we spend a lot of time, and, and this, is, this is what a lot of coaches get into, we spend almost more time raising other people's kids than we yeah. do our own kids. That's right. Which, like you said, that's, that's a burden that we all carry. But just going back to, it does matter. It does matter that we do that. I think that's a, that's a great message for for any coaches to hear. And, and Mackie, thank you so much for being with us today, hey, man. man. It's, my, my privilege. I loved it. I love the in-person interview. Your, your energy is just infectious and, and, and I'm just, I'm ready to run through the wall right now. Like I'm ready <laughs> Come to on. go. But uh, where can we find you online in case anyone wants to get in touch with you? Yeah, would love to. The easiest place is on Twitter, uh, at Mackie Speaks, M-A-C-K-E-Y. That's the easiest place to connect with me. Uh, super active on there. We put videos out uh, throughout the week, quotes, images, the whole nine podcast stuff. Uh, so that's the easiest place. You can find links to the podcast, to two words, character development. You can find links to our YouTube channel. And so all kinds of stuff, uh, all right there on Twitter. Online, you can find us at twowords.tv. That's the number two words.tv. And if you go to backslash game plan, then you can check out a free week of the curriculum and then see clips from 17 weeks of, of other lessons and find out how uh, kind of what that looks like and, and check out all of that. And uh, for any of those coaches that would be interested in learning more, uh, man, I'll tell you this, we are in schools, like I said, at Hamlin, Texas, population 625, all the way up to Northside ISD, uh, the fourth largest district in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. And so I say that to say that in every size, every classification and every financial situation, we are in a school like yours, and I'll tell you this, we've never once told a school that wants our curriculum no. 
uh, because we're not in this to make a bunch of money. We're not in this to boost our whatever. We're in this because we want to help coaches change lives. And so we want to, we want to do everything that we can do to help you do so. And so if we can do that, then great. And if we can't, then don't waste your time by going to my website. By golly, you got too much to do. You've got too little time to do it in. So don't freaking waste your time by stumbling through my site if we can't help you. But if we can, then give me a call because we're going to amplify. I believe wholeheartedly that we will make you a better coach and we will make your athletes better people. We'll make your parents better parents. Come on now. And ultimately, we'll make your community better through what we do at, at Two Words. And if we don't do it, then we don't, want to be a, we don't want to waste your time. Anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before you go? Hey, I just want to say thank you because uh, I know that many of your listeners are coaches. And so I want to say thank you for who you are and for what you do. Uh, that the most important job in all of America today is the job of coach. And you won't get told thank you enough. You'll get a lot of angry emails. You'll get a lot of, why is my kid this and why is my kid that? But you won't get a lot of thank yous. And so from someone whose life was changed by a coach, from someone who spends a lot of time with athletes, and a lot of time with coaches, I want to tell you thank you for the sacrifice to your family. Thank you for the sacrifice for your career, for your monetary sacrifice. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And don't give up. Keep fighting the good fight because your kids on your team need it and their kids that don't even exist yet need it. America needs you. So keep up the great work and thank you. Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. I hope you enjoyed the show and got something from our outstanding guest. If you're wanting to listen to past shows and get alerts for new ones, Ahead of the Curve is now available on the Texas High School Baseball Coaches Association app, as well as iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Please consider writing a review or rating the show so other coaches can find and stay ahead of the curve.